This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back, a college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. We are going to get into a lot of things today, and we're going to start with the Razorback baseball team and how over the weekend, down in College Station, they lost the series. They lost the series. They lost the division title outright. They are co-division champions even though they will hold the tiebreaker over Mississippi State, but they finished uh, with the same SEC record. And Arkansas's regular season comes to an end after winning Game 1 against A&M, but losing Game 2 and Game 3 by a final score of 6-2 to and 6-1, to respectively. Arkansas finishes their regular season 40-15, and 20-10 and in SEC play. And now it's on to Hoover, and then after that, we'll see exactly who they match up against in their Fayetteville Regional. So there's the setup of it all. Still feel strong about Arkansas getting a national seed. That was the main conversation. If Arkansas could just win one game against A&M, could they get a national seed? And according to the experts, we'll say, of college baseball, talking about guys like Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fitt, guys like that, they still feel like Arkansas is going to be a national seed. So no worries there. And uh, just we'll see how it plays out because now the season has officially started. It's postseason play. But looking back over this weekend, this is something I feel very strongly about because let's be honest sports are funny sports do funny things it's hard to explain sometimes how sports can make sense it's hard to explain cinderella stories in college basketball in the ncaa tournament it's hard to explain what happened to arkansas in the college world series finals last year there's sometimes there's just things that are hard to explain but the only explanation can be sports just the way sports are And with Arkansas losing the Texas A&M over the weekend, I didn't take the approach of looking at the series and saying, you know, this is bad. In fact, I took the complete opposite approach. I'd look at it as this was the best thing that could happen to the Arkansas Razorback baseball team. Now, you're probably sitting there saying, how in the world can a team that loses to Texas A&M of all teams down in College Station, loses game two and game three, struggle to score against the Aggies. How in the world can you look at that and say it's a great thing for Arkansas? Well, it's because sports. Sports in the history and in the tradition, and since it's going back to the beginning of time when sports originally started, There have been times where a very humbling experience can change a team, can change an athlete, it can change an entire program like that. It's a humbling experience. Because in sports with the competitive nature, you're always going to feel like you have to be confident, you have to be competitive, and in some cases you have to be a little cocky to know that you're the best in order for you to be the best. You have to have that mindset, if you will. And I think most teams always want to have that mindset. Even teams that aren't that good, even teams that 
like the Razorback football team last year. You know, you want them to have that mentality. Sometimes it's easier said than done. But that's the mentality you want from your team. It's not only to be great, but to know you're great. And to be confident in your greatness. That's what you want. But sometimes in sports, no matter how great you think you are, no matter how great you know you are, humbling experience hits you hard. You lose a game. You lose a player. You don't play well. You miss out on an opportunity. Whatever it may be. Many things can happen in the grand scheme of things that can cause your team, your program, your whatever to fall, to have a setback. And it's never about how you act. It's how you react. It's how you use that opportunity to bounce back and to understand that even though a team like what we're talking about with Arkansas baseball is really good, really good. I mean, for crying out loud, folks, they won 40 regular season games. That's incredible. They're a dadgum good team, and we all know it. But they lost over the weekend. They lost heading right into postseason play. You're hoping that this is this great team. You're hoping that this is their humbling experience. That this is their minor setback or a major comeback. There's a lot of times in sports where this happens, where a great team loses during the regular season where a great team has some sort of setback that makes you scratch your head, that makes you concerned, that makes you worried, that maybe they're not as great as what you thought. Maybe they're not as great as what they thought. That becomes a legitimate concern for you. But folks, how many cases have you known in sports? And just just use it from the perspective of college sports, since that's what we mainly talk about here on the show, and that's mainly what you enjoy the most. Think about it from the college sports perspective. How many times have you seen great teams fall short during the regular season but end up winning the championship anyways? Look at it from the other side of the coin. How many teams have you seen dominate the regular season, obliterate their opponents in their competition, but fall short where it matters most in the national championship game? or maybe in postseason play that keeps them out of the national championship game. Happens all the time. You want a great example? Alabama football this past year. Remember what they were doing in the regular season? Do you remember how badly they were beating opponents? It it was like they were toying with people. We're talking about good teams. They were toying with people. Their quarterback, Tua, did not throw a fourth quarter pass all season long because of how great they were. They never got hit with that experience. They never got hit with that adversity that most teams need to go through. And what happened in the national championship game? They got blown out by Clemson. Alabama was favored. Alabama was looked at as just being a team that was a force to be reckoned with. They were an unstoppable force, but they met the immovable object of Clemson, and the immovable object won. Not only won, but won big. Do you feel like if Alabama would have lost in the regular season, lost LSU, lost Mississippi State, lost to Georgia in the title game, whatever it was, and still got into the college football playoffs, do you feel like the outcome would have been the same? Maybe. Maybe it would have. Maybe Clemson was just that good. 
But to me, I look at it as a moment to where your team can get their focus and their minds back on track to what really matters instead of getting ahead of themselves. If you want another example, look at college basketball. I'm trying to remember what year it was. I believe it was in 2014, 2015, the Kentucky Wildcats. They were on pace to go 40-0. and They were absolutely destroying opponents. They, they were cons- Some people were already chalking them up to being one of the best college basketball teams of all time. They hadn't lost a game. It was incredible what they were doing. They make it to the Final Four. Great. But they lose to Wisconsin. Now, if they would have lost in the regular season or had a, maybe a more humbling experience, do you think that they would have won the national championship? Maybe. Maybe not. But I do know that there are more examples of teams being able to refocus and get their minds right after a humbling experience, after a setback, after a loss in the regular season. More so than there are the teams to just dominate all the way through. You're hoping that for Arkansas baseball, this is that moment. This is that experience. That loss against Texas A&M, you're hoping that right there is the turning point, is the adversity, is that humbling experience. And if it is, you're going to be in for a treat the rest of the way in postseason play. Time will tell. We'll see how this team does. But I know Dave Van Horn. I know this culture. I know what he is destined to be, and I know what this team is destined to do. And if them losing a regular season series at the end to Texas A&M is what's going to get their minds back right after dominating for a few SEC series in a row, if that's what's going to take for them to get right back on track, I'm all for it. Because, folks, dominant regular seasons don't give you jack unless you win it all. If Arkansas wins it all this year, no one will look back at that A&M series and say, well, it was all great that we won the national championship, but we lost that series. No. They won't look at it that way. I'm hoping that everybody looks at it the way of, hey, that Texas A&M series loss, that's what got us focused. That's what got us back. And that right there is what makes sports so great. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. A light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hog! And it's weird to say because anytime in sports that you lose, it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be bad. You never want to lose. And I don't think the Razorback baseball team went out to lose. And you hope that's not the mentality that they have. But you do understand, though, that in the sports world, a lot of cases, losing those regular season games, losing at the end of the regular season, as long as you still get in a postseason play, because that's also what's the great thing about baseball, and in some cases basketball and all that, unlike college football. Like, you can lose in these sports and still getting postseason play to where you can get it all turned around. Sometimes in college football, losing a game, unless you're Alabama, because it seems like even when they lose, they still find a way in. Well, losing a game can benefit you for the most part in basketball and in baseball. And I'm hoping and I'm thinking that's what's going to happen with Arkansas baseball after this past weekend loss to Texas A&M. Listen, Arkansas still getting a national seed. 
they're still co-division champs, which, I mean, I don't know. I hate that. I really do. I hate that. But they're they're still co-division champs. There's still good things to be had from it. But I just feel like with Arkansas and what they've been able to accomplish this year and what their true goals are heading into postseason play, heading into the regionals and the super regionals, that's not the end game. The end game was not to beat Texas A&M in a series. The end game is to win a national championship. And sometimes when you have these humbling experiences and these little bit minor setbacks right before the regular season starts, that's what gets you right back on track. Because let's be honest, folks, if Arkansas was going to lose games, if they were going to have a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a setback, you want it to be right now. You want it to be right before postseason play happens. You don't want it in postseason play, obviously. Because when that happens then that really causes some problems because it ends your season in most cases. And what an epic disappointment that would be if Arkansas had their lull, had their setback in the regional. That's not what you want. But the end of the regular season, losing the way they did, getting back on track, getting back focused in, I still believe it's going to be the best thing for this team in the postseason. I think looking at this baseball club and again, Neither John or I have an extensive knowledge like a Phil Elson or Bubba Carpenter, but I think more fans would be okay. I think they'd be the super regional to me would be an easier series to win than the regional because of pitching. Because if you lose, because if you lose a game in the regional, how that would kind of put a, a damper in things and, and kind of screw up your pitching rotation. So I think I think fans would be a lot more confident this team was to get past the regional and then get to a super regional because especially since you're going to be playing, unless something just crazy happens when the NCAA selection committee picks the national seeds. You talk about all the baseball pundits thinking Arkansas has pretty much got a, a national seed locked up. You're not having to go on the road like Wicklander and Nolan look pretty decent until kind of towards the middle, middle couple of innings, but Wicklander looked terrible this weekend and yeah, he did not you, look good. you just haven't had the same, shortcomings at home with the, when it comes to your pitching staff. So that you should be just confident in the fact that you're getting to play in Bob Walker Stadium the rest of the way unless, again, something crazy happens with the NCAA Selection Committee. Right, because it's about RPI, as we've been talking about. And as of right now, currently, Arkansas's RPI ranking is sixth, which is about right. I mean, considering this, the fact that they lost the series to Texas A&M, it, it's about right. Now, Mississippi State's actually two spots ahead of Arkansas at fourth. Then Georgia's at third, Vanderbilt's at uh, second. UCLA, of course, has the number one overall seed, and that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. But assuming that that holds true, then Arkansas will have a national seed. And to me, I understand that you want to do so well in the regular season. I understand that if it was, you know, you had your druthers, you'd want to be number one in the country and the number one overall national seed. But to me, just in college baseball in general, getting a national seed within itself is really what the goal is as far as what your regular season goal is. Like, that's not the ultimate goal. That's not going to give you any trophies or anything. But when if you have a regular season goal, it's it doesn't need to be of championship or winning the SEC West or whatever. It's get that national seed. Because having home field advantage through the regional and the super regional, assuming you get to that point, is huge. I mean, you know listen, if you if you're a Razorback baseball fan and you've been to regionals and super regionals at Bomb Stadium, you know exactly what type of atmosphere that is know exactly what type of edge that can help you with and what that can give you in college baseball. I mean, Baum Walker Stadium is one of, if not, 
like top three greatest atmospheres in college baseball. And I think that the players know it, the coaches know it. And so in order for you to have that home field advantage, that's I think that that's something that you can't really even put a price on and how important it is. Like we've seen Arkansas make the College World Series not playing at Ballmarker Stadium. I mean, there was times I believe he went to Tallahassee one year, went through that way. Ended up making the College World Series that way. There's been other years when they've done that. 2015, you go to Stillwater in That's the regional, right. and then you come back. You get to play Missouri State at home. You they should have. <laughs> they should have hosted because of the minor league issues yeah. that they were dealing with. Yeah, you shouldn't have done it that year, but you still did. But the point is, is that your home field advantage means a lot. And if Arkansas was going to make it back to Omaha and back to the College World Series final, they wanted to go through Fayetteville. So, assuming that it all holds true, I, th- I think it would be an utter screw job if Arkansas did not get a national seed at this point. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And you're talking about the regular season success. Three examples for you. Always mention for football, it's the New England Patriots, the team that goes 18-0 and and then loses to the New York Giants and doesn't have that undefeated season. For basketball, most recently, it's the Golden State Warriors that break Michael yep. Jordan's 96 record team, the 72-10 team. They go 73-9 and and then lose to the Cavs in seven games. And then for college baseball, the example I have in a lot of College baseball people point to is that Vanderbilt team that was just so successful during the regular season, and then they ultimately fell, but they ended up winning the next year. And as a Kansas City Royals fan, it was cool to see the Royals get all the way to the World Series and lose to the San Francisco Giants, but then come back and beat the Mets this year because their mentality was like, we got so close, we tasted it. And you hope this team, the leftover players, and even the players that aren't on the team anymore, but they're giving support, giving whatever they can to the, these players that are currently on the roster because once you once you get to a certain point, once you get as close as you can, you don't want to come up short again. You do that much more to get that championship. But again, it's, it's about what happens in the postseason because, as you mentioned, regular season just isn't, it doesn't matter. Well, especially with this Razorback baseball program. I mean, getting a national seed, and it's like... It's not an insult. It's not a bad thing because it shows where your program is at. Like getting a national seed is great, but it's like okay, cool. Let's let's see what you do with it. You know, imagine like in any other regard, in any other sport, really at Arkansas. Imagine them having that like in the regular season in basketball. Say if Arkansas, I guess the equivalent to it would be, what if Arkansas was a two seed in basketball? two or one seed like that would be a huge deal now granted they'd have to do something in postseason play but that would be a huge deal and the excitement would just be roaring beyond belief and football i guess the equivalent to that would be going to a new year six bowl or at least um you know almost getting into the college football playoff that would be a huge deal it'd be the excitement would be just coming out in droves but because of the way that the program is now in baseball it's great but it's also the standard it's the gold standard. You have to make, if you go to the regional and super regional, and if it's almost like if Arkansas is not hosting a regional, the season sucked. I mean, that's kind of where you're at. Not to say that you can't do something in a postseason play and it makes, because that's really where it's at, and I get that, and I, and I understand that. But unless you do something, unless you have a great regular season to where the point that there's postseason in Bomb Stadium in some capacity, not saying you have to do a super regional every year, but as long as there's a regional there, that's kind of the standard. That's kind of where things are at right now for this baseball program. And the way that this regular season is gone and considering what they have and where they're going heading into postseason play, it's been a success so far. But if this team does, 
Because we're at the point, too, if this team does not make Omaha, it's a disappointment. I mean, it really is. I think anytime you're a national seed and we're just going under the assumption that that's going to happen, I right. think it's a disappointment if you don't make it to Omaha. And that's, as you mentioned, regional at this point in time, based on the five College World Series appearances that Dave's had here, that's kind of the bare minimum for fans' expectations, the floor, if you will, that they want the Arkansas baseball team to be at every year. And we had Dave on halftime two or three weeks ago, and I asked him, I was like, do you think the expectations that fans set on you making the postseason every single year is fair? And he told us, yes, that's what I want to have. I want to coach in a program like yeah. that. So it's one thing for people to say that, and we, we still the jury's still out on Chad Morris and Eric Musselman, their success here at Arkansas. But for Dave Van Horn, the fact that he's saying that and following through on that, as we've seen countless times, you can't ask for much more for a head coach at the University of Arkansas than what he's done here. Yeah, because this expectation and the standard that is set is set by the coach's success. Like, at Alabama, is the standard set at winning a national championship every year because, oh, it's just because Alabama, or is it because Nick Saban set that standard? He because he set the standard. Chua didn't set the standard. No. DeBose didn't set the standard. There was a point in time where there was a lull in Alabama football, and people wondered, can they ever get back to prominence? Nick Saban established that. And yeah. You're at this point in time with the Arkansas baseball program where you're you're in the limelight, you're a top baseball program in the country, you're respected nationally, and the only thing that's eluded you to this point is a national championship. Yep. Every single baseball guy that you talk to said, Dave's going to win one at Arkansas. Could it be this year? We'll find out. Yep. Well, he's in a good position as of right now, assuming that they get a national seed. We'll find out. But I think it would be a shocking development if the Razorback baseball team had got not get a national seed at this point. In fact, it would be a travesty if that ended up happening. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays, fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. We're talking about the Razorback baseball program, which we'll talk about more here in this hour with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and uh, their weekend against Texas A&M. But I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about the new hire that Eric Musselman has made with Chris Crutchfield as the associate head coach of Arkansas. And, you know, it's when assistant coaches get hired, especially in the in the game of basketball, you know, you can take it a lot of different ways. You can look at it a lot of different ways. Let's be honest. I mean, it's just there's so many different moving parts when it comes to how coaches are named and, and really what the emphasis is put on them. And if you look at what Eric Musselman and, and the reason that he hired Chris Crutchfield, and just to give you guys a little resume of what he's done, he spent the last past eight seasons at Oklahoma at the same position under Long Kruger. He's associate head coach, uh, very highly, highly regarded in the coaching game. Some people even said, and I think it was the Athletic that actually mentioned him as one of the top ten or top thirty assistant coaches top to keep 30. your yeah to keep your eye on when it comes to uh, becoming the next head coach, the next big thing, because he was kind of moving up the ranks. And the thing that I think excites most Razorback fans, or at least should excite most Razorback fans, is that he was known for being pivotal in the recruitment of Buddy Heald and Trey Young, two fantastic players. In fact. You could make the argument that those two seasons those players played in, respectively, those were the two best players in college basketball those years. 
Yeah, Buddy Hield was absolutely incredible. I got a chance to watch him live in Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament when he hit that half-court shot that didn't count because time had expired to that point. But just a phenomenal player that was a either a three- or four-year guy. I'm blanking on that, but he was... He was a four-year guy. Was, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But he got better progressively year after year with Trey Young, one and done, one of the most spectacular point guards we've seen. The, the comparisons with Steph Curry were endless during his season, but just... Two phenomenal players, and again, those are two things, two notches you have in your belt that you could say, hey, look what I did with getting these guys to campus, whatever whatever he did work. Now again, when it comes to press releases, when it comes to colleges putting out stuff concerning their coaching hires, whether it's head coaches, assistant coaches, a lot of times they like to play up of course. what actually happened during these coaches' tenures, so We'd have to really get into the nitty-gritty stuff of how much and how instrumental he was getting those guys to campus. But if they're going to go ahead and say that, you like to think at least that there's a little solid evidence that he was at least maybe not the biggest part, but at least a part of getting those kids to campus. Well, you certainly hope so. And the thing that you're hoping for, is, is assuming that's true, is that Eric Musselman is getting assistant coaches in that can recruit and recruit at a high level. Guys that have been building relationships and understand that you can't be a successful basketball program without great talent and great players. Because I was thinking about this last night uh, when I was going through and, and, and researching Chris Crutchfield and seeing what he's been able to do. If you think about it, Arkansas has not had, in its basketball program, Arkansas has not had an elite recruit recruiter, assistant coach, head coach, whatever, since Stan Heath. I mean, if you really think about it, Stan Heath, you know, he didn't, it didn't work out, but... I believe he was a pretty elite recruiter. I mean, he had guys, like, if you look at who's been in the NBA at Arkansas or who got drafted or who played in the NBA at Arkansas, you know, obviously Bobby Portis is in there now. We'll see if Daniel Gafford, I think he'll get drafted, but we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, guys like Sonny Weems, who had pretty good cup of coffee in the league, Patrick Beverly, who's still playing and doing a really good job, those were Stan Heath players. Those were Stan Heath guys. And he was also responsible or the rule got put into place. He got Al Jefferson to commit to Arkansas and was going to play at Arkansas, but he decided to forego college and go to the NBA back when that was the rule. He was an elite recruiter. And then not to mention some other really great college players, guys like uh, Ronnie Brewer. Are you sure you heard of him? He also did really well in the NBA. He That was recruited by Stan Heath. You had guys like Stephen Hill, and Darian Towns, Charles Thomas. Gary Irvin. I mean, guys that I'm not saying were elite players, but yeah, let's yeah, those last couple. Well, no, but like I said, they're not elite players, but they were decent college players. They weren't guys that were just. I mean, you guys, Stephen Hill was like led the was like all time block leader. I mean, they had they had parts to their game, but my point is, is that he was able to get them. They weren't state of Arkansas guys either. He was able to go outside of the state and get some really good players in place. And even if you think about a team from you know top to bottom, who was one of the better teams Arkansas has had in the past 20 years, that team that Stan Heath had in his last year or John Pelfrey had in his first year was one of the better teams that they've ever had. And so in order to have a, a great team like that, or at least a, a great program like that, you've got to be able to recruit. And Arkansas has not had an elite recruiter in, in any stretch, at any position in their basketball program, since that point in time. And even before then, Nolan Richardson was there. But that, you're talking about 10 to 15 years ago was the last time you had a recruiting-based, a recruiting emphasis in the basketball program. 
And I think it's a lot easier to recruit to Fayetteville, Arkansas than it is Reno, Nevada, which you would must think. Have not, he got a McDonald's All-American. He was able to pull in Caleb and Cody Martin, uh, a couple other guys that ended up being pretty big-time transfers for Nevada. And so with that, there's always the question, can coaches who are big-time recruiters also be big-time developers on the court? That's why I'm so curious to what happens down in Memphis, Tennessee with Penny Hardaway, who right now has the number one recruiting class in the country. Yes, you're going to get them to campus, but if you don't do anything with them, if you don't develop their game, if you can't coach them up, it's all for naught. Mm -hmm. So with Eric Musselman, based on what he did, and again, this is Nevada. This is not even one of the premier Mountain West jobs. There's San Diego State. There's UNLV, which has better history. It's not even one of the premier jobs in the Mountain West, and he was still able to have success there. So that being said... You get to a program like Arkansas, which all these national guys, I guess it varies with some, still think it's a big-time job, maybe the second-best job in the SEC behind Kentucky. You have that at your backing. Now it's just about getting these kids to campus and developing them. Arkansas is after this guy named Javon Corley. Javon, yeah. the, uh, the former Villanova Gee, point Villanova, guard, yeah. five-star that it didn't work out there because he didn't play a lot of minutes. And a lot of times when you have talented kids that don't play a lot their freshman year, they seek a transfer. He's in his top five, and that's that just shows you the kind of studs that Eric Musselman is going after right now. Like he's he's shooting for he's shooting for the fence. He might not get it there, but he's at least swinging for the fence right now. John. And th- and that's what you want, and that's what the type of coach that you want is not just settling for less than stellar, not settling for average. You want guys to like listen. The best basketball programs, the teams that have had the most success, they've had good coaches. Like I know that in the NBA. Coaching is not like it's not as big of a deal because it's a player driven league. And I think college basketball is to a certain extent. But if you look at it like last this Virginia won the national championships past year. You know, Villanova's had a lot of success under Jay Wright. Like they had some good players, don't get me wrong. But they didn't have a bunch of five star one and done players. They had good players that were development and and that were well coached. And so this idea that that's the way I mean Coach K had arguably one of the best college basketball players that have come through the league in Zion Williams in a long time. And he didn't even make the Final Four. Like, I understand. It's about recruiting, and this is something I've argued with Nick Mason when he comes on the show. Yes, it is about recruiting. You cannot, and I repeat, cannot be an elite program in any sport without great players. All right? Why is Arkansas baseball great right now? Arkansas baseball is great because of Dave Van Horn, of course. But what is Dave Van Horn great at? Recruiting, getting great players in. So you have to have it go hand in hand. And in basketball, I believe that you still have to be able to get great players in and have some coaching. But it's the card and the egg question. Right. It, it's a matter of having that. It's a matter of having the balance the and, and understanding what it. I don't know. Card and the horse. Card and the horse, not card and the egg. It's not chicken. Chick- yeah, I got the, chick- got the, the analogies egg. mixed up. But yes, we get what you're saying. But, but that's what it's about. It's about having that balance. And if you look at it from Arkansas across the board, like Chad Morris got that factor. He understands it's about recruiting. Now, is it going to work out? Is it going to play out for Chad Morris where he's going to be in elite program? Time will tell. But he understands recruiting is where it's at. Eric Musselman, he's gotten a few players to commit, obviously with Connor Vanover and Isaiah Moss coming in for this upcoming season. That's fine. But can he get guys, can, he, can his assistant coaches and, and Eric Musselman himself go out and get elite players. Can he go and get a five? Like, could you imagine if Eric Musselman was able to get a five star that was outside the state of the Arkansas? Like that I mean, point guard he's going after. I mean, yeah, that that would be un, that would be unprecedented. 
I mean, because the last five star that had come that it came to Arkansas that wasn't from Arkansas it was like BJ Young, and before that was Olu Famutimi. Their five stars didn't necessarily work out from outside the state, but still, it was a big deal, and there was expectations to go along with it. And if Eric Musselman's able to do that, then that's how you start building into something. It's about consistency and finding the recruiting because we've talked about it a lot too. It's a lot easier, a lot easier to be able to turn around a basketball program and to be able to have a successful basketball program quicker than it is football. Chad Morse is going to have to have another two or three recruiting classes of a high level to be able to get out of this hole that they're in. But one great recruiting class for Eric Musselman can be the difference and can change everything. And we were also talking about this too last night. There's one senior on this team this year. One senior. That's Adrio Bailey. The rest of them are juniors and sophomores. So if you can continue to add some pieces, maybe not this year, but what about next year? You're able to get a few great players. It opens up the whole door for and opens up a whole new wave of greatness that can happen to the basketball program. But I think Eric Musselman gets it just like Chad Morris gets it, just like Dave Van Horn gets it. Recruiting is the game. And if you're an elite recruiter and have elite recruiters on your staff, like you're hoping you got with Chris Crutchfield and the guys that Eric Musselman's putting in the place, you're going to be in great shape. But there has to be more that goes along with it. And I know that's what Razorback fans are excited about. If they're just able, just simply able, to make these recruits understand and come to Arkansas and have them play hard for Eric Musselman, it'll end up being a great thing, that's for sure. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer. Let's go to the phone lines as we now welcome in Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Good morning, Tom. How was the weekend, my man? Hey, Rowdy. Does, does the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, have any party music that, that you could play? Oh, I'm, I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. We could, uh, we, we, we're always very versatile here on the Morning Rush when it comes to our music, so I'm sure we could, we could make that happen, that's for sure. But, uh, but uh, as always, man, appreciate you hopping on with us. And, uh, yeah, we're having fun here on the show, and we've been having fun a little bit about the Razorback baseball team. And, let, and let's be honest, Tom, losing the series over the weekend to Texas A&M is not ideal. You never want to lose a series but I've made the argument this morning that I feel like losing this series at this point in time of the regular season, heading right into the SEC tournament postseason play, this could be one of those blessings in disguise type things. Do you kind of see it that way too? Well, I mean, it could be. It could be a motivator. But the, the big break they caught, and it seems to me like of all the sports on campus, if there's one, one sport that catches breaks here and there, it's baseball. Because when they lost that game to LSU, I felt like, and it was a game they should have won, give up a three-run home run in the eighth inning. Um, I felt like that was going to end up cost. And then when they lose the series to A&M, all that has to happen is South Carolina lose again to Mississippi State, who'd been crushing them. And and if if the Bulldogs win game three and sweep them, then suddenly Arkansas is the number four seed. They play the night game. And you have an incredibly – your, your momentum is down, and what if what if uh, you get dropped from the top eight national seat? All that could have happened in in theory, mm-hmm. and yet uh, South Carolina uh, wins a ten to eight game against Mississippi State. The Razorbacks are still the number two seed in the SEC, which I think guarantees them no matter what they do in Hoover, guarantees a top eight national seed, and they are very very likely to be at home for a regional and a super regional, and we know how good Baumwalker Stadium is to these Razorbacks. 
Oh, yeah, that's always been the end game as far as the goal for the regular season, getting that national seed. And, of course, we'll see uh, if that plays out and they actually get the national seed. So, Tom, what, what was what's the biggest issue? What happened over this weekend? Because, obviously, Arkansas in game two and three, they, they didn't get the runs. It seemed like they had a lot of opportunities. but And I know that the Aggies had good pitching, but it just seems like they weren't able to take advantage of the opportunities, especially having runners in scoring position. Absolutely. Um, they struck out 44 times, including 33 in the first two games and then another 11 in the finale. And when you don't make contact, when you have runners on third, that's what's going to get you. I mean, you you got to hit a chopper. you you got to hit a sack fly. Um, And they didn't do that. There were a lot of strikeouts. And the worrisome thing is, if you do that on a postseason weekend, you could be – your season could be over. And – I guess the flip side of that being that there's very few pitching staffs they'll face that are as good as the Aggies. But in addition, they played poor defense. I mean, they had some double play opportunities that would have got them out of innings with no run scoring, and Texas A&M scored runs off of them. So um, usually you'll see Arkansas kind of playing in a better fashion than they did the last two games at A&M. So you'd like to see them hit better with runners in scoring position down in Alabama. Speaking with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette right now on the Morning Rush. That was actually going to be my my next question, Tom, is just now that we're entering into postseason play, seeing what this team and what some of their strengths are, what what is it, what is it you feel most confident about with this team heading into postseason, and what is the thing that concerns you the most heading into postseason play? Well, confident. Um, a game one, uh, Isaiah Campbell has just been on his game. He's, he gets unruffled. And I, I was deleting some of my uh, files on my tape recorder just the other day, and I had some from last year, like mid-season or later in the season. Mm-hmm. And the question was about Campbell, who'd been coming off a poor outing. And Dave Van Horn was was like, he's got to when he gets into these messes, he's got to be able to get out of them without giving up three or four runs. And that was a thing Campbell did last year. This year, he's changed that. And when he gets into some trouble, a couple of runners on, no outs, one out, he generally gets out of it, you know, without getting blown up. And he, he is a true number one pitcher. Now, uh, Wicklander, a little bit of a cause con- for concern the last couple of games. He hasn't gone as deep into the games. The walks are up. Um, so so you got to worry about a game, too. And here's the thing. They're going to play the Ole Miss-Missouri winner. And T.J. Stickema from Missouri, I think, has been pitching game twos mostly. So if Missouri wins, they could be facing another hot left-handed pitcher who, uh, who's got a good curveball, who pitched very well against them here in Fayetteville. And that could be uh, a matchup for a really low-scoring game between he and Campbell, if that's the case. And if it's Ole Miss, a team that has good confidence that, that hit the ball against Arkansas as good as any team over the course of three games this year. So it won't be an easy matchup for the Razorbacks in their first game in Hoover. So so let me ask you there, Tom, what, what is the expectation? What's the goal in Hoover? Obviously, you'd love to see him win it, but we've talked about this many times as far as how, how much do you go all in on the SEC tournament knowing that regionals and super regionals are ahead of you? What's What would you like to see this team do or accomplish in Hoover besides, of course, winning the SEC tournament? Yeah, well, I, I say you do not go all in. I mean, Dave has this approach, and, I, and he was asked this at the Swatters Club recently, too. Um, 
to just go down there and try to win every game, but not overextend your pitching. So you wouldn't recycle Isaiah Campbell down there. You'd pitch him in this first game, and, and then he's done. Um, and the same with Patrick Wicklander, and the same with Connor Nolan. Uh, and if you're going to win the tournament, that means you've, you're, you're patching together your staff in, your, in the final game there. And they've come close in recent years. Uh, that, uh, that game, that, that tournament where they, they blew up Auburn, they no-hit Auburn over seven innings and, and hit all the home runs, Chad Spanberger was going off, that was fun. Uh, and then it got you know, uh, ended by LSU, and then it got ended by LSU last year. So I just think that you don't want to pitch Matt Cronin more than you need. I don't think you need any of your middle relievers, Crossy Shock or Cops or Scroggins, any of those guys need to be overused. And if that means you, you go down there and go one and two, then I think you live with that and, and get ready to try to get back to Omaha. So, Tom, now that we know how the postseason's kind of going to play out as far as not, not matchups necessarily, but just knowing what Arkansas did in the regular season, can we go ahead and say that the expectation is Omaha? Like, if Arkansas does not make the College World Series, and even if they don't win a couple of games in the College World Series, it's kind of looked at as a disappointment at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, Omaha's the deal, and, and I think everyone understands that. After what you did last year, getting within one out, of winning the whole thing, um, and, and then putting together another lineup that's, that's a quality lineup that has depth to it, that has power to it, that has speed, and, and a pitching staff that's good enough, I think Omaha's the deal. And so what that means is that they've got to get longer starts out of Wicklander, uh, their middle relief's got to be a little tighter, and their defense, their, their defense has got to be better. And some of the guys at the bottom of the order who've been hot on and off through the year have cooled off really. I was just looking at their numbers. Um, Nesbitt, Franklin, Opitz, um, all hitting, I want to say, 260-something or lower. And you'd like to see them kind of rev back up. Um, and, and then you want the top of your order to, to be as productive as it had been. And they've just got to deliver. They've got to, they've got to do good baseball plays with runners in scoring position. They've got to move them over. They've got to get them in and not strike out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the key for this team, so it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out there in Hoover. Tom, let's switch it up a little bit. We've been talking also about Arkansas basketball and the new addition of Chris Crutchfield as the associate head coach coming in from Oklahoma at the same position. I'm not going to try to pretend to say that I know exactly how assistant coaches are and when where they rank, but according to most of the masses, this was a really solid get for Eric Musselman, especially uh, considering how they want to really hammer the recruiting point home. What did you make of this hire? What do you know about Chris Crutchfield? Just your overall takeaway from it. Don't know a whole lot about him other than what I read um, in the various outlets, that he's a premier recruiter, that he helped Oklahoma uh, acquire some talent that led to a Final Four a couple years ago, and that uh, it's just a breath of fresh air in, in terms of um, a guy who can bring you some players here. And, and I think um, Eric Musselman so far has made some good moves. Uh, you know, he's a tough dude, apparently, you know, to work for. He's pretty demanding. So we'll see how that, how all that plays out. But um, it's going to be a, a fresh roster, a fresh staff. It's, um, we haven't seen this in quite a while. You know, um, a, a guy of the Musselman uh, line, so to speak, hasn't been coaching at Arkansas. I mean, we 
it, it's going to be a, a whole new world for Arkansas basketball next year. I think it's going to be pretty exciting to watch it play out. Yeah, I know it's a lot of excitement uh, just from the fans based on that. Uh, real quick before we let you get out of here, Tom, I know that uh, we've been discussing with you the uh, the whole weekend with college golf and also obviously being at the Blessings with the Razorbacks. You got to cover. What, what did you make of this weekend as far as how everything went and being there at the Blessings and all that? Yeah, the, the course is in fine, fine shape. Um, it's, it's being well run. Uh, they, you know, they have the Saturday weather stuff that, is, has knocked out around. I mean, instead of going down to 15 and then down to eight for match play, after today's round, which will be the third round of stroke play, they will go into the round of eight. And Maria Fossey's in fine position. There's a young lady named Sierra Brooks at Florida who's leading by one stroke, four under. Maria's at three under and a couple of others. It's going to be a fine uh, finish. I expect the crowds to be the best or, or very good today, <clears throat> even though it's a Monday. And unfortunately, the Razorback men did not make it here, and so uh, we're going to see some of the best in men's golf, but not not Arkansas. Yeah, that was the unfortunate part about it, but still a lot to look forward to on the women's side of it, that is for sure. Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Always appreciate you hopping on with us, Tom. Looking forward to catching up with you on Thursday, my man. Sounds great, man. See ya. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.